0: Welcome to Blaine, Christ the King. You are listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at our campus location in Blaine, Washington. Thanks for tuning in. Today we celebrate Jesus the Risen King. We celebrate Jesus the Risen King. We celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead. And we celebrate it because our whole faith hinges on the moment that Jesus rose from the grave. The whole Christian faith stands on this claim that, that a man who said he was God died in our place, was buried, and came back to life three days later. And I don't know if you've heard that before, but that's a pretty radical claim, right? People, there wasn't a time where people died and came back to life. That was never normal. And... uh so it's and it's it's a it's not a claim that you can just like dismiss like yeah it's not a big deal like I I can hit a 30 foot jump shot like this whole like raised from the dead thing it's you yeah. it's a big claim but it says in Matthew on on that day there was this great earthquake and that an angel from heaven in dazzling white robes came down and rolled the tomb or rolled the rolled the stone away from the tomb and then sat on the stone you know you sit on the stone when the job is done. You sit down when it's finished. Um, You you sit down when there's nothing more you can do because Jesus had done it all. It's like that celebration, like it is done. Jesus has risen. And he came, or as the the women came to the tomb, uh, he said to them, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified, but he is not here, for he has risen. And Paul tells us how important the resurrection is. In Romans ten nine, he says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. So our whole salvation hinges on this moment we celebrate today. So it is a big deal. There was a man who claimed to be God who died and then came back to life. Jesus claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life that no one could get to God except through him. He claimed to be the only way. And then that man suffered and died a horrific death on a cross and then came back to life. It just doesn't happen. No matter how many times we celebrate Easter, it doesn't get normal. (laughs) (laughs) So there's something in all of us that really cries out for new life. There's something in all of us that, that doesn't want death to be the end of the story. We don't want death to be the end of the story. And uh, when we lose someone we love, there's something in us that just cries out for hope. And humanity has had a lot of technological advances, but they still haven't figured death out. They still haven't figured it out. And uh, they've tried, and the results have been kind of laughable uh, and a little creepy. Um, Has anybody heard of cryogenics in here? Have you heard of this? This is crazy. Okay, so there is this baseball legend, Ted Williams. He died in 2002. And, and cr- basically, his son decided to have him cryogenically frozen. And the idea was that he could keep his body frozen until a time when science caught up and could reanimate him and, and come back to life, to bring him back to life. Um, the problem was, though, is that he couldn't afford to keep the whole body, so we'll just keep the head. Which is really weird, right? Um, so they just took the head and froze that. But think about this. You know, someone thought that the best hope for new life was if they froze someone's head and then in like three hundred years he gets reanimated and put like on a on a cyborg type body. You know, that is like humanity's best attempt at, at new New life, essentially becoming Darth Vader, like 300 years in the future. That's a slim and a gruesome hope, but that's the best that humanity has come up with. Um, you know, it might not be through cryogenics, um, but we all have our own way with dealing with death. You know, maybe instead of, uh, of that, we just ignore it. Um, There's a great philosopher named uh, Eddie Vedder of uh, Pearl Jam, <laughs> and... Uh, He said this, he said, you know, I know I was born, and I know that I'll die, and the in-between is mine. And maybe that is your story. Maybe you're satisfied with just running out the clock. Um, But Jesus, through this blood-soaked cross and an empty tomb, he offers us so much more than that. You know, following Jesus is all about new life. It's about finding new life. It's about finding new life for eternity, being transformed right where we're at. And so this morning I wanted to share this promise of new life out of 2 Corinthians 5. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth to explain what transformation looks like. So it's kind of a a bigger passage, but you can look on the screen or if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 5.14. And it says this, it says, For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, and therefore all have died, and he died for all. That those who might no longer live for themselves, but for him, who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. of Christ be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So there's a lot there. I want to focus on four phrases through this passage. There's four phrases I want to focus on. The first one is for our sake. You'll notice he says for our sake that Jesus died for our sake that he became sin for our sake, on our behalf. Jesus became sin. Jesus died for us because we couldn't die and save ourselves. We couldn't earn salvation by being a good enough person. Uh, Paul says in Romans that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We needed somebody else to take up our cause, and that's what Jesus did. Next, you notice the words, he died for all. Jesus' death covers everyone Everyone, No matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what our struggles are, what we have in Jesus applies to everyone who would believe. Jesus died to cover all of our sin, not just a select few, but the sins of the whole world. But however, that that choice is still up to us. We still decide, am I going to live for Jesus and not for myself? Am I going to follow him? That is the decision that we have. Am I going to take on that grace for myself? Next, you can look at the words new creation. Uh, the wor- that word can also mean new creature. Uh, it says that if you are in Christ, that the old has gone and the new has come. Uh, that word behold, when it says behold, the new has come, that's like a, in an instant, all of a sudden, unexpectedly, the new has come. And that's what Jesus does. He gives us new life. In an instant, unexpectedly, it's something we weren't expecting. And in, in him, we are a new creation. We can be spiritually made whole. And then lastly, you can notice the word reconciled. Uh, you are a new creation because you have been reconciled to God. And we think of reconciled maybe in terms of a marriage relationship. Like there was something broken in a marriage And all of a sudden, there's forgiveness and reconciliation coming back together. Um, And that's what Jesus did for us. He made it possible to come back to God, that our relationship with God was broken. And in Jesus, through his death and resurrection, we can be reconciled to God. So, why is this important? Why is all this important? Because if it's all true, it means this. And this is what we celebrate this morning. That the only way to life, to new life, is in Jesus. Amen? The only way to new life is in Jesus. You know, and I didn't come this morning trying to come up with all these ways to convince you. Or be smarter than this, you know. Um, But I resonate with this uh, Sri Lankan pastor. It's crazy. I had... I I found this quote by this pastor in Sri Lanka this week, and I don't know if you saw in the news, but there were massive bombings on Easter Sunday in Sri Lanka. This morning you can be praying for them. Um, But there was this Sri Lankan pastor named D.T. Niles, and he said this. He said, Christianity is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread. That Christianity is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread. And that's our appeal this morning. It's not that we know more, it's that we've found bread. We know where the life is. And so we come saying, we are beggars, and do you want to know where the bread is? Do you want to know where life can be found? Let me show you where to find it. Because I believe that we're all looking for something or someone to give us life, right? We're all looking for life somewhere. I remember when I was growing up there used to be those is life shirts like I remember like the baseball is life shirts were big I'm not picking on baseball this morning by the way um, But there were all kinds of shirts like that like dance is life music is life uh, Wine is life camping is life. You know the, the most clever one was biology is life. I thought that was pretty good um, I th- That's not my life for sure, but some people like biology um, my daughter does um, but we search high and low to attach ourselves to something that we think will provide us life. We try to find something that will give us life. And there was a time in my life where I was searching, where, where I had kind of given up on God. Um, I had grown up in the church, but I just I w- never felt good enough. Um, and I just kind of gave up. There was a season where I just kind of gave up. I stopped trying. I was like, forget it. God is never going to be pleased with me I just I need to give up and so I started to try to find life and all these different things and they were all disasters um, I tried to revive an old romantic relationship uh, during my senior year in high school and it was just a mess it was unhealthy um, I worked at a pizza place and was really excited that I could bring home all this extra pizza uh, but then I gained so much weight I had to quit the basketball team I <laughs> uh, senior year, I loved basketball and uh, you know that made it worse. And so I was just desperate to find any sense of life. Any, I was I was insecure and depressed, and I just was was desperate for life. Like, where can I find it? Where are my people? Where, you know, where can I find this? I was a beggar. I was begging for life. And maybe you know that feeling. Maybe you go and you're searching for that next silver bullet. Like, what is the fix for me? Is it a new workout routine? Um, Is it a new relationship? Is it the right book, the right house? Is it the right car? What is it? What is going to provide me that life that I'm looking for? And we look for it in people, in things. We look for it in places. Maybe we don't like the, the community we're in, so we think if we just move, everything will be better, you know? And Jesus is saying that the only place that we can find life is in him. Only through him can we be actually reconciled to God, that we can have peace in our hearts. And so this is what I want to tell you as a beggar this morning, is that Jesus invites us all into this journey of transformation. Right now I'm going to invite my friend Amy to come up and share with us a little bit this morning. Can you give it up for Amy this morning? Amy is... um, Amy's going to share a little bit of her story of her journey uh, of transformation that she's been on. So this is really brave. So, thanks. A- how are you feeling, Amy?
1: I'm pretty good. Good. Yeah. It's
0: be, these are these look like friendly people. They so, are. They are. Uh, <laughs> but, um, Amy, I've I've known Amy and Sergio now for a, a few years, and we've just kind of been. N- newer on the r- on the ride on the journey of transformation with you guys, but God's certainly like been at work in your life um you've yes. been a part of this church plant since the beginning, way back in like twenty eighteen yeah. um, <laughs> so it's pretty awesome but um thanks for being willing to share of course of course so um Amy, all stories start at the beginning, so do you want to just share you know what growing up was like for you
1: yeah yeah um so from the beginning, uh, as a child, I, I just started off dealing with a lot of trauma. Um, my parents uh, were in an unhealthy relationship um, from this, from what I can remember. Uh, they, they went through divorce. I think I was four or five years old. And um, as they were going through their process and uh, their healing, I was going through my own. Um, and so I I remember the first time dealing with mental health. I was probably only seven or eight and um, it was the first time I knew depression. I didn't know what it was, but it was the first time I knew I, I felt alone. Um, and uh, it was a tough feeling to overcome. So being so young and it was so dark. Um, but after uh, going through some things that I, had to just deal with on my own. I lived a normal childhood, pretty much. Um, I struggled in school, I think, you know, just from everything going on, and uh, I obviously got grounded, and um, I just lived my life. I had lots of friends. I wasn't one of those kids that struggled with friends very much, so I had lots of influence in my life.
0: Yeah. Um, so, So you had a lot going on as a kid, and then when you went to high school, you know that the identity struggle continued. Um, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Okay, um, so I, yeah, I just went through most years just getting by and um, dealing with life. But I, um, I was going into high school and I had friends. I had, um, I had my family in my life still. Um, but I was exploring and I was searching. I. Um, I came into relationship and I uh, got asked out on my first date um, and I didn't tell anybody. It was, it was between me and him. Uh, he was much older than me so it was just something I knew wouldn't have been approved of so I decided to just keep it to myself and explore my own ways. Um, and so during that first year I went on my first date, I had my first kiss, I... Um, I told him everything. I just gave up my whole self to this person. And, um, it was the first time I thought I was like in love. I, it was the first time I thought I found love, like that real love. Cause it was always super confusing. Um, so before I even had really entered high school, I was, um, I was almost 16, um, and I'd lost everything that I knew. I, um, I, he had convinced me that I was as worthless as I felt. Um, he had convinced me that I'd never find anybody else and um, that I was just, um, I just was not loved or cared for the way that it, it confirmed that um, all those feelings that I had. So um, by the time I was 16, I was, I was fighting for my life. I um, had been through Just the same trauma that my mom had and I was so embarrassed that I kept it from everybody I didn't tell anybody what I was going through. I had barely any friends left and um, I was just I was barely living and I was completely lost. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't I didn't know what to do Um, and uh, so by the time I um, hit 17 I had now, uh, due to my own irresponsibilities, I take complete responsibility, I lost my first child um, with the same person. And I just lived in in a dark, dark world for a while. I thought I'd never be forgiven. And um, I, I just, uh, yeah, he just, I felt like I didn't have anything else anywhere else to turn and um, that was kind of where where that relationship ended, and now I was just living in a lie and because I couldn't tell anybody and i um I finally turned to my mom and she she started helping me out, but um that was that was kind of through my whole high school experience
0: so you describe that sort of as the the lowest place you were at um, How did God start to break into your story
1: um so the First time I felt God working in my life, um, I decided to pick up and move. I I had to get out of this place. I I blamed, I blamed Whatcom County, I don't know why. <laughs> um, so I just picked up and moved. I got out of here and um, I didn't change one bit. I went into just another city being just who I was. Um, I met somebody in that town, um, and uh, I, I thought things would be a little different, but we were very similar, me and him, um, but he was different. His family was different. They were believers, and um, I really started to hear more about God, but I didn't know God, um, and then we found out we were having a baby. <laughs> this is about a year, about exactly a year after I lost that first one, and um i really wanted to be excited i was excited but i still felt worthless i felt like i didn't deserve it i didn't know why why i i had to be a mom i didn't i wasn't ready and i didn't and i couldn't i couldn't get out of it this time i there was nothing i could do so here we go i was um i was on that path um i just felt like there had to be somebody better for her um, but pregnancy was actually amazing. I loved that I made the choice to follow through. And um, although I had a new baby in my life and it felt like a new start, I I was still fighting this war inside of um, how I was going to take care of this and my anger and uh, my drinking and my smoking and all my mental health problems that I had. And um, she... Uh, she was somebody who I also didn't take care of in the way that she deserved. There were times where I put my my born child's life in danger because I was going through such an emotional struggle just to live and be happy. Um, But uh, she loved me no matter what I did. She would hug me and kiss me, and like she'd put her arm around me, she'd comfort me through Everything, she never, never stopped loving me no matter how bad I treated her. And um, that was, you know, a lot of how I saw, saw what God's blessing, what his gift was there for. And I started to understand that. Um, And then her and my mom started going to a church called North Bay Christ the King. Um, And uh, I was this uh, pick up and drop off mom. Mm -hmm. I'd like, sure, you can take her to church. I'll pick her up after, you know. I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like it was a place for me. I felt like I wasn't right for that kind of place. Um, and so I was driving one day, I, I was driving down Portal, um, headed toward uh, Birch Bay Linden at this intersection, and I was crying out for help. I had just betrayed one of my best friends. I had done something really horrible that. Um, It was really hard for me to understand why I did that and I didn't, I didn't recognize who I was. Um, And uh, I just cried and I asked for something different. I wanted to see the world like in the light. I wanted to feel life. I wanted to feel good in this life. And so I was driving and all of a sudden I just felt this tug on my heart. I heard a voice. And it just said, "Come to me, and I, I will take you there. And right where you're going, you can find me, or you can stay on the path you're on, and you can choose the other way." And I went and picked up my daughter from church that day, and then I was baptized um, in the bay, July 2015.
0: That's awesome. Um, so Jesus spoke to you in your car. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. Yeah, and we spend a lot of
1: time there together. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and so since that point, you've been on this journey of transformation. Yeah. So catch us up with the last few years. What's that? What, what has that been like?
1: Um, so I didn't listen to him. I moved again. I didn't go to where he said I needed to go. I got baptized, and I picked up and left again. Um, I went back to where I went for the first time. So I was back in a home of believers, and um, he really showed up there. Um, I I knew he called me for something, I just didn't know why. And so I just, I started searching for him. I got involved in a church over there. I um, just started getting in the word every day. People over here thought I was having fun in the sun, living the California life. I was very depressed and I stayed in a room for six months almost like doing nothing but searching and crying and um, fighting. And uh, and then eventually he showed me who I was and who he, he was um, just showing me his love and teaching me about um, what community is and what people were made for. Um, I found, I started serving at this church. Um, it's where I actually found uh, that I loved to be a receptionist and I loved people. And so that's actually what I do as a career now. So um, he showed me that there. And uh, they were actually the ones who pointed me saying, You need to go home and get healed. And I was like, Ooh, I don't <laughs> like that. Um, but I, I found forgiveness over there. And I finally started telling the truth about my secrets and what I'd done, and what I'd been through. Um, then, so we moved. I listened, and I moved back, and um, I started. I went, plugged myself right back into North Bay. I didn't, I didn't hesitate. I got right. I went right from one church to the other. I didn't stop. Um, and in that church, I, I saw something different. I felt something different. Um, they accepted me and they loved me. Um, my mom was there, my daughter loved it, and we, um, me and her dad started a, a marriage group and that was our confirmation that it was time to be married, that we'd been down a long enough journey and now it was official, we had to, we had to be together forever. Um, and uh, we did it for God we didn't do it for anybody else he was the one who told us that it was time and that we were ready and so um, not even a year later we were married in California I did a long-distance wedding I wanted everybody that was part of our life to be there um, part of our journey and uh, so I, we went down to California for a wedding and it was the most amazing weekend of my life I have never felt God like this way in my life <laughs> sorry My wedding was was beautiful it was full of love and full of joy and um, we just we just lived that day like for each other and um, I actually lost my grandpa that morning so he didn't make it um, to my wedding but uh, my grandma did and that meant more to me than anything but my grandpa had a rough past, he did a lot of bad things. And um, in his ending years, he found Jesus and that's all he gave to me. He only, he, All he we talked about was Jesus for all those ending years and for him to pass on my wedding and my grandma to be there. And then two days later, um, my sister-in-law had a baby. And so I experienced new life, death and Another new life, all in three days. So um, I came back to Washington. I fig- I really needed to heal and I needed to change even more. So I, um, I got involved in a celebrate recovery group. Um, I needed to I needed to find more of what Jesus had to offer me from what I'd been through. Um, I met Tyler and Bonnie and learned about this church plant. Um, so in order to be a part of this I picked up and I moved to Blaine for God I I couldn't have done that without um, God bringing back my grandma into our life Um, she wasn't in my life when I was a child or going through any of this Um, and he uh, he gave me this call that that we wanted her in our family, and we wanted to love her, with whatever time we had left, and I said yes, and so we all live together now, and it's it's a great thing. I love it. I, it's really been a blessing to have her back in our life. Um, we started planting this church, and I gained a whole new family. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I just have never felt this comfortable or this secure, or this much joy or this much love in my life um Jesus really has helped me overcome all the mental health and all of the um pain I've for, I've just been forgiven and um it's the best feeling. I became the blame kids leader, which I was not a kid person. I didn't do kids. It was not my thing. I I I thought I was going to disappoint this whole city. And um He really came through and he has made that the biggest blessing of my life. That is That's what I hope to be my thing one day is just kids. I I'll do it all for them because they really deserve it So I can barely remember that girl It's really hard to go back and think about why or who she was and what I went through Um, I still struggle with mental health all the time it's um, never-ending battle, but he gives me peace and freedom in that, um, and it doesn't define me. I've experienced all the different types of trauma, um, but he has helped me to overcome and see see the world in the light. Um, I lost a child, but I know he forgave me, and uh, I was abused, but I have forgiven them. I am free of that, and uh I know now that I am loved, I am worthy, and that I have a purpose in the world. And um, I see the world through Jesus' eyes. He's given me so much grace and mercy that I can't deny him. And um, he's just my whole identity now. And I live for him and his glory. Can
0: we give it up for Amy?
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Man, thank you, Amy. Um, yeah, it, uh, You have a powerful story, and uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Amy. It's all about the journey of transformation. That's what it's about. God invites all of us into it through Jesus. Uh, we can experience a, a life transformed, and I don't know what you're begging for this morning. I don't know where you're looking for life. I don't know if you're begging for forgiveness, I don't know if you're begging for an identity that maybe you've tried things and it just hasn't worked out. Um, I don't know if you're begging um, for healing, that you're just crying out to God, asking you to heal, uh, asking him to heal you. And, and it says in, in Isaiah that he bore our griefs, he carried our sorrows to the cross. I don't know if you need to believe that this morning. Um, I just know that Jesus invites us all to be transformed today. Uh, Whether you've heard this before or not, uh, he invites you to be transformed. He invites you to take that step this morning. And so like Paul, I just urge you, be reconciled to God. Wherever you're at, whatever that looks like for you, be reconciled to God. For me, God used a pair of blue flip-flops to get my attention, of all things. Um, I was at college orientation, and I was sitting next to a guy wearing the exact same blue flip-flops as me, Quicksilver. And, uh, <laughs> and as I was talking, we became friends because of the flip-flops. That was the icebreaker. But his name was Pablo, and Pablo had tried to find uh, his life in the party scene, and it just had gone wrong. It was f- he was just filled with guilt, and, and uh, he found freedom in Jesus like months before. And so when I met him, his world was lit up by Jesus. And I said, I want that. I want whatever he has. And this morning, if you're there, if you hear Amy's story and you're like, I want that. Like, I want God to transform my life, no matter where you're at. If If it's the first time or the tenth time, like, God wants to do the work of transformation. I believe that this morning. And so I want to invite you to pray with me this morning. I want to invite you to consider uh, Jesus this morning, that maybe you're tired, maybe you're ready to stop living for yourself and start living for Jesus, to find the freedom that comes through knowing him, the transformation that comes in his life. Let's pray. Jesus, we, uh, we are grateful, God, for the resurrection, for the empty tomb, Jesus, that through that, God, that you defeated death, not just death in the future, but death right now. We don't have to live without an identity. We don't have to live as an unforgiven people, drowning in shame, God. We don't have to live bearing all of our own hurt and pain. We can give that to you. You invite us to be transformed, to bear fruit in our lives, that we're stuck living for ourselves and frustrated and you invite us and you say hey I have something here there is life here you can have a fruitful life you can be who you were always meant to be as a reconciled son or daughter of God and so I just want to take a moment as every uh, head is bowed and eyes closed I want to give an opportunity if there's anyone here if there's anyone here who wants to either make that decision for the first time, you feel God prompting your spirit this morning or if like me you've wandered away from God and you need to recommit this morning I would just encourage you to bravely raise your hand right now I just, uh, just take a moment and raise your hand if, if that's where you're at this morning Jesus, we are grateful for new life. Jesus, we praise you this morning, God. The King above all kings, the Lord above all lords. We take victory in your victory. And Lord, we want to live that out. We want that victory to not just be a one-time thing. We want it to be a continual thing this morning, God. And Jesus, I pray that you would fill us, God, with your presence. That your presence would be made known in our hearts this morning, God. That your presence would fill this place, fill this room, fill us with joy, Lord. Help us to walk confidently in you. And Lord, would you just direct our hearts back to you continually. We praise you, the risen King, the King above all kings, the Lord above all lords. We love you, we praise you, we thank you, God. Do the work of transformation, God. Do your work of transformation, whatever that next thing is for us, God, that you would prune or that you would direct us to change, God. Do that work, Lord, because our victory is all about you. Our victory is in your victory. Our transformation happens through you. So we praise you this morning in Jesus' name, amen.